I need to uh, begin today with a confession. I highly dislike the word flesh. It's so gross. It makes my skin crawl to hear it. Did I look up a list of top 10 words that people find the most icky? You bet I did. Was flesh on there? No, I don't get why not. So it might just be me, it might just be me, but I don't like it. So I'm gonna start with that. And just in case you're wondering, the top three in the online list were moist, yolk, and smear. So there you go. And if yours weren't on there, gurgle, phlegm, and curd were also the next three. So just to make sure everybody's skin is crawling all at the same time, you can join me in it. Ew. That's made today's gospel a little more difficult to sit in this week. Flesh is used six times in seven verses. It felt like a personal attack to sit with this this week. So confession's good for the soul. I got that out of the way, you all know. Outside of my own personal feelings about icky words, there is a lot to wade through in this small section of John's sixth chapter. We are in week four of five weeks in this section of John with this continuation of what scholars like to call the bread of life discourse. It's a conversation between Jesus and his followers around bread. This week we are picking up right in the middle of it, which can be easy to forget in the course of this many weeks. What started so many weeks ago with a feeding miracle and moved into conversation about Jesus being the bread of life, it feels so far away and yet this is all a part of the same conversation. To ignore that context, to forget about it or forget that this is all a part of the same thing makes us miss a lot of what Jesus is saying. So we have to include what has come before. A group of people were miraculously fed. They followed Jesus across the lake. They heard him talk about being the true bread, the bread that will feed them for a lifetime. But also, and may lightning not strike me down for saying this, it's hard to read this section and not think it's kind of gross, right? Jesus says, eat me. It's, it's, not, it's not pleasant. Even removing this conversation from my personal feelings about the word flesh, the words eat flesh and drink blood are why early Christianity was misunderstood by outsiders to be cannibalistic. It's a fun fact for you. We know it's not, of course, but it's easy to understand why this was the prevailing thought. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, Jesus says. When I took my first communion as a young second grader in my tiny Catholic church out in the countryside of central Minnesota, I remember the class beforehand and the priest telling us that we were eating Jesus and my friend sitting next to me said, ew. It's almost impossible to hear this part of the gospel and not think about our own communion table. The gathering and feeding and remembering the life Jesus has given in order that we might live. But what is Jesus getting at here exactly? Why use such graphic language in this moment? And the Jewish leaders and Jewish people gathered around Jesus had the same question. What does he mean? How can this man give us his body to eat? They take him literally. But in context of John's gospel and the story of Jesus, 
He has already made and will continue to make the connection between bread and body and wine to blood. And while it might not have made sense in the moment, it is an easier task for us to make the connection to our table, our Eucharist, and what it signifies. Jesus giving of his body and his blood for the life of the world. When we come to the table, we do this, we eat bread and drink wine for the remembrance of me, Jesus says. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. We can make this connection, and we should, and we do. But there is a part of this section of the Bread of Life discourse that we can kind of breeze by and miss altogether when we get to the communion part. We move so quickly to the communion part. We want to make this about the Eucharist, and we just breeze on to it, right? But our gospel section today began with the words, I am the living bread that comes from heaven. Jesus makes a shift here that I think we would be wise to not ignore. He connects this bread himself and the bread we eat together to living, to life, and not to death. So often in Christianity, we get caught in a Jesus died for you cycle, that our faith, our life of faith is centered around the death of Jesus and then our own death, not his life, not our life. We often say that what matters is that Jesus died for you, right? And we eat the bread to remember that he did that for us. And I'm not saying that's not important. It is, it is. But Jesus doesn't talk about his death one time in today's gospel. And he uses the word life or live nine times. There is something he's trying to get across here. And we miss it if we focus only on the death and the bread and the body. It's about life. Our life. A few weeks ago, I mentioned in my sermon that bread was the difference between life and death for many people. It mattered that Jesus used this item of basic sustenance as the example of what it means to have life, to really live. People knew what it meant to have bread. And Jesus had just told them that this bread lasts not a momentary filling of hunger, but asking us to ponder what it might mean to not be hungry anymore, to not want more, to not always grasp and grab for things that temporarily fill us up. That was previous in this discourse. This is just the next part. Jesus says, I am the living bread and this will do more than fill your stomach. It will sustain you, mind, body, and soul, so completely as if you had ingested it and it has become a part of you. It is not about how we die, but how we live. Now, I understand this idea of ingesting Jesus is a strange thing we believe. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend it's not there. 
And I understand what a hard thing it is to believe. I understand the moments when believing Jesus is in and through and around the bread and wine feels impossible. I understand trusting that because we eat the bread and drink the wine, that Jesus goes with us in every moment and in every situation. I understand that sometimes that is too big of an ask. But we are not at this table alone. Communion is not a solitary task. The word communion literally means exchanging or sharing something. Thoughts or ideas or feelings or in the case of our sacrament, bread and wine. Sharing and exchanging God with each other. The living bread. In a first century sermon, Sermon 272, in case you want to look it up, from St. Augustine, he said, Remember, bread is not made from one grain, but many. When you were being formed, it's as though you were being ground. When you were baptized, it's as though you were mixed into the dough. When you receive the fire of the Holy Spirit, it's as though you were baked. Be what you can see and receive what you are. I love this so much. Be what you can see and receive what you are. One of my professors at Luther Seminary used to hand communion to students and say this, receive what you are and become what you receive. Be flesh and blood given for the life of the world. This has captured my heart a lot this week in a way that not Honestly, if I'm being really honest, not a lot has captured my heart lately. <laughs> I'm exhausted from the COVID news, fights over masking, wishing people would take more seriously a variant that someone in my house is not yet able to be protected against. I'm so tired of asking people to care about each other in a way that should be truly a hallmark of Jesus followers instead of an outlier. I'm just so tired. I resonated so much with Pastor Chad's sermon last week when he read from 1 Kings when Elijah said, I've had enough, God, I'm done. And I was like, I see you, Elijah. <laughs> so to read Augustine say, receive what you are and become what you receive, oh, it just grabbed me. Augustine is reminding us that we are living bread. I am, you are, already, receive what you already are. We're going to watch a baptism this morning. We're going to watch William be named and claimed and made a part of the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the bread. Being mixed in, like Augustine says. We are bread of life for the world. And this idea leads me to some questions, and these are questions I truly do not have answers to, but I think that's just fine. But I've been asking a lot this week, if we are the bread of life for the world, if I am bread of life for the sake of the world, what does that look like? How do we live out what we have become? What do we act like? Who do we take care of? Who are we on behalf of? Who is this for? I don't think we need 
answers here, but we certainly need to be asking these questions. Episcopal priest and author Barbara Brown Taylor says, if you've ever been fed body and soul at a supper table where you broke bread with friends, then you know what I'm talking about. When you break bread, the bread opens up. When the bread opens up, so does the table. When the table opens up, so does your heart. When your heart opens up, so do your hands. Reaching out for some of what you have to hand it to someone else only to discover you have more instead of less. This is how the miracle goes on happening again and again. Today's gospel reminds us that if you are exhausted or confused or struggling or doubting or having the best day ever, come to the table. God has promised always to meet us here, to meet us where we are, whether that is not in a good place or in a great place. Wherever we are, God feeds us body and soul. And we hear these words from Augustine, receive what you already are and become what you receive. Bread, living bread for the life of the world. Amen. So I hope you all saw William splash around and just keep reaching for that water. And I feel like that's a good, a good picture to take with you as you are reminded that you too are included in this body of Christ. You are a living member of the body of Christ. And so we go with the promise that you are already loved, named, claimed. We take that with us into the world that tells us many different things, many opposite things. We take that with us as we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.